Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. In health, fitness, and physical education, there might not be a bigger name right now than Dr. John Rady. We're going to attach his CV in the notes for this podcast, and it's worth checking out. Let me give you the quick version. He has been appointed to professor, assistant professor positions all over the place. He's had grants, awards, fellowships, more than 60 peer-reviewed journal publications, and 11 books with a couple more in the making. And these are not dismissible texts. Driven to Distraction, for example, has sold millions of copies and is referred to in many circles as sort of uh, the Bible of attention deficit disorders. He wrote A User's Guide to the Brain, very recently wrote the book Go Wild, and wrote the cornerstone text, Spark, the revolutionary new science of exercise in the brain, in 2008, and since then, the entire landscape has changed. So without going any further, pick up a copy of the book, enjoy today's podcast, please reach out with any questions. This is meaningful, meaningful work, and I think you're going to enjoy the conversation with John Rady. Do you think we're sort of, you know, by, by asking a body built to move to sit down and be quiet, are we, is there a way to, are we essentially inventing uh, certain attention concerns? Uh, yes and no. I mean, there are certain people that are outside the, the box, you know, outside that, that realm. Sure, of course. That, that really do, I mean, have, no matter what they do, you know, but, but without a doubt, I mean, we just finished, we're finishing our fourth book on ADD. It's coming out maybe in, 2021 and we always talk about the value of exercise as one of the major components of treatment Mm -hmm. Uh, um you know and in spark i talk about a number of people that stop medicine because of it and uh uh, so it's always been it's always been a for me a sort of a by by focal perspective of of ADD and exercise movement. So I, yeah. Well, they're just, they're just so clearly connected because uh, you use the word focus. I think that is, that's the way to do it. If if, if some of the benefits, quote unquote benefits of exercise would include uh, an uptick in the, in the neurochemistry that ought to predispose one to the ability to focus, if that makes sense. And, To, to not acknowledge that, not as sort of a, a, a gimmicky thing, what if we exercised in schools, but a, a, a truth of the human condition that this is something that we have to be doing. I mean, I, that, that's where we need to be. And, and for me, when I, when I sort of um, applaud your work or get excited to talk to you, it, it's because it, it clicked for me. This isn't a separate thing. You know, it's not, it's, you know if, if there's an educational environment you know, then, then movement, then moving the human body must be a part of it. And to not goes counter to, you know, how many years of evolution? This is, this is who we are. So oh, yeah, do you definitely. Think, could you give us uh, one of the, one of the stories and it doesn't even have to be one from the book, but um, of how one could even, I, I remember some that sort of combined um, smaller doses of um, prescription medicine, medication, with exercise to sort of get someone to an improved state. Well, I think what I what I always refer back to is how it affected one of my first patients. Uh, 
who came in to me to see me because I was talking about attention deficit disorder back in 1982 Mm. uh, when no one was talking about it. No one was interested in it. And and certainly not in adults. And I I was talking at a, a cocktail party and talking about all these patients I was seeing on the in the hospital mm-hmm. who uh, were young adults who had been had been on medicine and then stopped it mm-hmm. when hit the age of 16 because at that point uh, it was thought to be addictive if it if you were 16 or older so everybody stopped it at the age of 16 believe it or not mm-hmm. and this led some a number of people to be hospitalized or to be in and out of the day hospital. Uh, and then just sort of understanding that and putting them on medicine, bingo, they got really better. So I became enamored of that. And so I was talking about it. And this one guy came up to me and said, can I come and see you? And so the uh, story is he was a professor at Harvard and at MIT. Uh, he was this uh, psycho psychologist, epidemiology, it was just a brilliant guy that run the MacArthur Award, uh, you know, years before, um, and, and was just prolific as hell. Anyway, he was a marathoner all of his life, uh, and uh, he wanted to see me because he hurt his knee, and he had to stop running. And for the first time in his life, he said, look, I have symptoms of attention deficit disorder, and I've never had that before. Mm-hmm. But I've always run about four to six miles a day, minimum, uh, and now I can't. Mm-hmm. So I started him on medicine, and, and it helped quite a bit. But, I mean, he had all the stigmata of, of ADD. He had all the symptoms, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, uh, and he, wasn't, he wasn't being productive at all. You know, and for him, this is a guy who had so many books and lectures and papers. And, yeah. um, so uh, the medicine helped. And then he was rehabbing his knee. And then he got back running. And I saw him for a couple of years and on and off. And not very often. But, um, <clears throat> and he said, well, I got my, I'm running again. Uh, and so eventually stopped the medicine and he was back running. Huh. Yeah. Sort of a full exchange? Yep. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. a gradual os- offset. Sure. You know. Right. Yeah. But, Just but eventually he got to a point where the yeah. running was all he needed? Didn't need, didn't need medicine. Wow. So, um, so that was early in my career, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was doing all this research and various other things and uh, and then started to we we wrote our started writing talking about and writing our book on ADD. The big book was Driven to Distraction, which is mm-hmm. we sold about two and a half million copies. Still mm-hmm. a big big book. The Bible the Bible of ADD, you know, and so uh, and and so I was into that world, and then I started really becoming enamored of writing. So that's what led me to write shadow syndromes and, and then a user's guide to the brain and a couple of other uh, books and uh, sort of as a parallel. I mean, I, my, yeah, I was talking about Ned 
he was a squash player, right? And I, so I started playing squash with him, and we did it for 35 years. And, wow. and four of us in a Ron Robin sort of thing, three times a week. So we'd we'd always have a partner, and you know we were all busy and out of town all the time. But uh, we stayed with it for 35 years, uh, and then I ruined my shoulder because of it. Um, I wore away. I never never got rid of the tennis stroke, and so when I would play squash, you're supposed to use your wrist. Well, we didn't use wrist that much in tennis, so I was just lifting my sh- shoulder to hit the strokes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, wore away my supraspinatus muscle, which is, um, you know, it's, it's a stupid muscle. It doesn't do much except hold this humerus in place. And right. so I wore that away and didn't know it. For, and then I tore two of the other rotator cuff muscles one day. And when the guy went in to repair and said, well, you know, you wore that away about three years ago. He oh. said, there, there's nothing there. And uh, he couldn't repair it, so that was the end of squash, certainly. And uh, um, you know, but hey, so I was already a gym rat. I mean, all yeah. I was playing squash, and uh, you know, I worked out, and I had my own. I got one of the first home uh, stairmasters, mm-hmm. our uh, screened-in porch, and my family. You know, my two kids, my wife at the time, and me. I mean, we were. On it, you know that was an add-on to the gym, okay, into squash. So you can see I was always really active, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I learned about Naperville and Chapter One in the book, sort of go on and on that route, but that just floored me, you know, floored, well, you know. For people who don't know what what Naperville okay. is, um, we actually recorded a podcast with Paul Zintarski. Um, oh, good! They, so they can double back and and check that one out yeah. for sure. Yeah, well, it it was it 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 was such a delight, you know, to to work with Paul. I see him a couple times a year. Maybe we cross paths, and but uh, yeah, that was that that just blew my mind when uh, you know it it. Looking at the low obesity rate, the low, uh, you know, you know, three percent of their kids are overweight. Nineteen thousand kids, my God, right. uh, uh, you know, and they had this daily PE that was based on your own fitness, basically mm-hmm. number one criteria, yeah. uh, the grading criteria. You uh, having this brilliant. Uh, intervention of putting on the heart rate monitors and then kids getting their grade on how much time they spend in the cardiac training zone. Yeah. What the hell? You know, I mean, you know, but by the time I I saw it, they had been 15 years in the evolution. Mm -hmm. And so they were, they got back to playing sports. It was two on two, three on three um, sport all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they, that was it. Uh, everybody was moving. Everybody was important. They switched. Uh, you know, they you were competitive with yourself. You right. know, basically, and ninety nine percent of their kids, some years right prior, had taken the international science and math test, and they which every country takes every three years, and we come into the low teens in the U S. Uh, Sixteen or eighteen, 
Um, and they came in number one in the world in science and number six in math. And I said, well, you know, the fittest kids in the world are among the smartest kids in the world. Right. So bingo, that, that riveted me. And I, uh, you know, had this beautiful sort of seance with, uh, Paul and, uh, uh, I'm blocking on his name now. It, uh, um, Anyway, with yeah. with the, the, the yeah, and they yeah. well, it's just such a it's such a well done application of the science, which is a hard thing to do. It's usually, from what I've found, um, the transfer of academy to front, you know, academy to actual application interaction with students is the hard part, and it seems like they were really getting it right. Phil um, Lawler, Phil Lawler was his name. Phil yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was he was a real architect, and Paul. He had to win Paul over, and uh, and did in a few years. But sure. uh, you know, it uh, those guys really took it to the next level right. in everything. Um, and uh, uh, and and really did a huge service to mankind. You know, it, it's uh, really did, and and I couldn't believe it. And still to this day, they're do they're doing the program every day. I mean, they have 40, 45 minutes of PE focused, a lot of it's focused on fitness. Right. You know, not, and oh, by the way, since they've got everybody fit, they have won so many regional and state championships in every sport, not just, not just the major ones, but like all these ancillary sports, because they have a lot of fit kids that are athletes. That's right. It, it so, really is amazing. You're right, and it strikes on so many levels. Um, it, it, it's a fantastic, fantastic idea. And when you say that it sort of changed the la landscape, you're exactly right because someone needed to be first. Someone needed to kind of take all this science, put it into action, demonstrate, and or at least correlate, um, you know, fitness and academic uh, achievement and all these different things. And and they did it. Certainly pioneers and. Um, I actually saw Paul the other week at the Illinois Health State Conference. Uh, we, we each had a different presentation, and, and uh, it was really good to see him. So, so there's, uh, that actually brings me to you know, the, the multiple applications and how this all sort of interacts. I also heard you were a fan of, of chaos and complexity theories. Oh, yeah. Is, is, this, is this a true thing? Oh, yeah. No, I went to yeah yeah back in the day i went to one of the first conferences ever at the university of maryland on chaos in medicine chaos theory in medicine i mean there were a room of nerds uh, uh you know and i was there with my really brilliant nerdy sort of nerdy friend who was one of my squash partners yeah. uh so he wasn't you know he but boy was he brilliant and and so we went and had a great time talking about chaos theory and complexity and and uh uh i write about that in a couple of my books in shadow syndromes and in user's guide to the brain i talk a, a bit about complexity well, uh just amazing way to think about the world can you give us uh the cliff notes and i think i heard you compare it to sort of the newtonian theory yeah yeah well oh. newton basically uh, would say A plus B equals C for, you know, for an equation. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, whereas complexity theory says A plus B plus C plus D plus U plus minus this, and, and you know, that that's all important. Mm-hmm. It's not, and then maybe you get to C. But it's not a straight line. It's not uh, some, you know, if, if A then B kind of thing that it's like taking into consideration all these various factors um, and uh, to get you to understand what's what's happening and uh, you know is it is it just exercise no i mean it's diet it's sleep it's being present it's it's connection yeah. it's being being outside you know nature i mean all those things that i talk about in go wild are important to bring about uh, a healthy human and uh, and and improve their sense of well-being um, etc. I, I think it's so important, and uh, I'd love to share with you. Maybe when we get off the air, I'll, I'll, I'll share a framework that we found very helpful. I came up, I started coming up with it in grad school, but it, but it takes all of this into account. It's, it's sort of it's hierarchical. It's a little, I guess, Maslowian in the sense that um, we call it the bedrock. Uh, the base level is all physiology. It's eat, move, sleep. And then just above that, we have a tier that is language, communication, relationships, and it, and it moves up uh, from there. But what we've noticed, and obviously through your influence, and, and you know that you've known this for a long time, is that so, so many of the concerns, even in high achieving people, maybe especially in high achieving people, are appearing back down at the at sort of that base level, neglecting their nutrition. Maybe they have more sedentary lifestyles. Maybe they're not sleeping in the pursuit of doing more um, and, and how they don't even recognize that they're throwing the system off. Yep, yep. And uh, you know Jim Lair? I know that name, yeah. Yeah, well, he wrote, um, trying to find out the name, I forget that, always block, block on forgetting the, the name of his book. Anyway, the, the, uh, it, it, it does all that. It looks at four different levels of a pyramid and the top being... Uh, purpose, meaning, spirituality, if you will. Below that is uh, below that is emotionality uh, or or cognitive. I'm not sure which was second or third. And at the base is is physicality. You know, health. Wow. Health. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And it's so, so obvious once you hear it. It's so obvious. You know, we've all been sleep deprived once once or twice before. And we're just a shadow of ourselves the next day. You know, we're all sleep deprived all the time with our devices. You know, I mean, right? Yeah, no, that's a that's a big epidemic problem in yeah. the world: the sleep deprivation, obesity. You know, this is in lack of connection. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you just threw really important through three really important ideas out there. Um, and and what I've also noticed is. You know they, they can't be attacked in silos. You, you can't just fight obesity. You'd have to right. you'd have to combat obesity alongside you know all these other things that we've been talking about. Right, right. right. No, and 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 but but the what I find with wellness is that if you hit one lever, that's it. One of the levers, mm-hmm. it will help you go to the others without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. When you start exercising on an exercise program, and then they, is that going to lose weight? Not really. It's about fifteen percent of, of maybe of losing weight. But what it does, it causes you 
to pay, be much more mindful of what the heck you're eating. Mm-hmm. And, and, and hopefully uh, helping you get sleep more or better, mm-hmm. you know, getting into slow wave sleep more, the restorative reparative sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then, and, and usually to today's world, not just going to the gym yourself, but I mean, you're involved with others. Mm-hmm. So you're more connected, uh, which is sometimes a result of just being more active. Right. That's right. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely right. And we use that term. You know, we got to find the right lever for this individual or for this team of individuals or whatever it may be. And that's one of the reasons that we, we, we've enjoyed being in sports so much because the, the motive is so clear. So you, you can enter a situation and say, couldn't we all at least agree that we're working toward X and X would be the shared purpose of that individual group. Perhaps it's a conference championship or, or something along those lines. And then, you know, sort of the, I would call it the, the magic of our, the workshops we run would be uh, sort of coaxing out of young people, sometimes coaches and professionals as well, um, you know, the clear desire that if I want to win a championship, I have to sleep better. I have to eat better. I have to be more, like, as you say, mindful or thoughtful of these components. And, and maybe it's not for the sake of those components. Maybe, maybe their health isn't even the primary aim. A championship is a primary aim. But we both, we all know that that's okay in the short term. They're still, they'll probably still develop healthy habits and, and hopefully let them lead them down the path of a, a lifetime of wellness if we do it right. Right. Well, that's why I think, I mean, you know, today in medicine, thankfully, we are, it, it's shifting towards that, you know, towards personal responsibility to be more well. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's, that's the best treatment for any disease and certainly as a, a preventative measure. The weller you are, the better you're going to be and the less likely you're going to be hit by X, Y, and Z. Right. Or if you are, I mean, this is what you see now. I've just been talking about Alzheimer's disease. I mean, one of the treat. I mean, the best treatment and prevention for Alzheimer's disease is to live well. Right. You know, that, I mean, you know, number one is exercise and diet. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's like, and then sleep, and then connection, which is huge. Being still, being involved, and being connected. That's why, people. I always tell people, don't, don't retire. Don't give up your day job, you know, uh, you know, change it, you know, relax in it. Uh, but uh, don't do that uh, without having a bevy of, of activities that you're, you know, if you want to then go tour the world or, you know, whatever. Or, But you got to remain connected. Mm-hmm. You got to remain pursuing something and with others which is really the secret. And that's why something like CrossFit is so, so useful for, for so many people. I mean, yeah, they get buff and all this other stuff, but basically they get connected. There's they, a community around it, that's right. That, yes, that's why in, in Orange Theory, the same thing, you know, now you can't get into Orange Theory unless you're already there. Right. You know, in terms of Friday at six, you know, no way, you know, they're, they're already full. Right. Uh, you know, and, uh, and and biking groups and 
spinning groups. And, uh, you know, I haven't done spinning in a while, but it's like, you know, Soul Cycle and all those. It's it's not just the the doing. It's not just the exercise. It's the connection. It's, mm-hmm. it's being accountable, uh, hearing how persons or you know friends are doing. You make new friends. You go, you know, people having Thanksgiving together that are in the same CrossFit class and didn't even know each other before. Right. It's uh, it it is a special thing, and and it's the timing of that statement is funny because my my uncle who I love and admire a lot. He's turning 80 uh, very soon, maybe in the next week or so, and is one of the most sharp, thoughtful, fit people I know. And he is t- he's sort of, now he does it very consciously. I think early in his career, he was just sort of lucky that this is the way he was, but has now found it. It's been reinvigorated. He was a, a, a very good football player at Williams College out by you, um, yep. went on to be a Marine, went into, um, I don't want to quote his bio too specifically, but he he, he did very well for himself uh, in business. And, and, and I remember he told me one time that, that he never really thought of it as business or work. He, it just, he, he just genuinely liked going and engaging with it. And it just so happened. And he's very fortunate that um, there was a financial back end to this thing he loved to do, really enjoyed doing. But what is uh, what you're reminding me of is that once he was quote unquote retired, uh, I you know I, I just haven't seen that day. I don't think any of us have because now he he he'll bike across Australia or something to well, that effect. You know? There you go. Ex- and, that, and, that's fine. You retire and do that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But well, and then he found and now he he but he you mentioned purpose. He will recruit for his alma mater. He's very active in the alumni. He, he just he cannot go to zero. He he is continually finding new pursuits for himself, enjoying his life, enjoying sort of a pseudo retirement. But really, all that means for him is he's redefining um, his purpose and his goals. The, the magic we call it vitamin C for connect. The, the the connection part of it is is so crucial and important in 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 exercise and being an athlete. And you know what you guys are, I think, talking about. You know, it's not just the competition; it's really the teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and that's really what drives the whole procedure. You know, I mean, drives the, the, the huge benefit to people who, who are on a team. Yeah, there's no doubt, and and that's just like you were saying in the complexity theories. Like, it's a multivariate system. You know, athletics done well, and I will include that part done well, but. Y- y- I'll tell you, I, I brought you up in, in, actually it was my first term at Harvard. I was in a, the class of a guy named Todd Rose. I don't know if he's, is that a familiar? No. Really bright guy. Um, he was the director of the Mind Brain Education program there. And we started just sort of daydreaming about what, what the ideal educational environment could look like. And wouldn't it include novelty? Wouldn't it include connection and shared purpose and community and all these things? And and I threw out there, what about something along the lines of exercise-induced neural enhancement? You know, you're kind of alluding to your work. And and uh, and then finally we're like, well, wait a minute. It's here. It's here. It's about 100 million people strong in the U.S. alone. And we got to – recognizing that might be step one to optimizing it, meaning uh, team sports, sports in general. We have this wonderful platform for education. And then obviously, you know, question two becomes how well are we using it? Not very well. That's what I think about. Right. That's, that's the big problem. You know, it's uh, 
and you, you you know you're on team sports side of things maybe but uh it's getting less and less i mean with the first you know we've had not significant drop off but there're less and less people going into team sports uh, kids mm-hmm. uh, uh into high school and all that and there are many reasons for that uh, in, you know but uh it's not just worry about concussions though that's something but it's that doesn't usually those people who would have gone into those sports are doing other sports. To, right, right. Yeah. But I think in general, people are, you know, with the, this, this thing. Yeah, uh, just you know, up the phone, the supercomputer in our pockets. Right? Yeah. Unbelievable. And uh, now it could do panorama pictures with the new iPhone. That's incredible. I did my first one the other day. Oh my <laughs> Lord. Uh, but, you know what fun and what what utility, what mastery we have over our environment, and uh, you know you don't have to remember anything and just go Google it. You know, that's true. <laughs> and and like uh, you certainly you're you're like if you're like most people and you use GPS all the time, you're not very good at figuring out where you're going. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. And we don't use that anymore. You know, we don't use those, the the part of the brain and the the connection and the the networks that are all connected to help us figure out where in the hell we're going, you know. And Mm -hmm. so so people are using GPS even to go home, you know, and they're doing the same route. It's amazing. And and I wonder if you can give us even some more and and go as scientific as you'd like um, sort of background to this. But... I, I've always been of the opinion. I, I I see people. I think making these bold assumptions that they've got every tool. They they know how to get home, and they could if they needed to. But it's easier to use the GPS. And what and, and as a hypothetical, to use your example, yep, yep, you know it's but, exactly right. Yeah, but we, we, well, and we talk about an idea, and we get it from athletics and from the strength world. The said principle: specific adaptation to impose demand. And if 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 you don't you know, ask, you know, if you don't demand these, um, skills and capacities of yourself, then they, then they cannot develop. They, they will get worse. If you don't ask yourself to be creative, if you don't force yourself to interact, if you don't every once in a while, find your own way home, they're not just there laying dormant. They, they will actually start to kind of lessen. Like the, the tool will become dull. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And I mean, you, you know, you begin to lose these functions and lose these brain cells, you know, and that's that's a big part of uh, like the anti-aging mantras and, and the, uh, you know, if you're busy, you're less likely to get depressed. So, you're, you know, so then there you have a lot of dormancy of our brain cells and and an erosion in, in some uh, some depressions, but anyway, but it, it's, it's, so the more we use our brain, the better it gets. And that's a big part of what I conclude and, and talk about a, a bit in, in spark and go wild. Uh, but it is the best kind of exercise. I'm always asked that what's the best kind of exercise? Well, it, it exercises is something you do with others outside that demands a lot of your attention 
and and with that meaning uh, coordination skills, uh, switching sets, if you will, switching from one thing to another or one tactic to another, like in basketball, you know, going one way and then another and soccer, the same thing. Um, but and uh, and where it's fun, yeah. You no, know, because you'll keep coming back to it. You know, it, it's it's got to be something that that has its own draw, especially today because we're competing against this cyber world that is just amazing. Right. And right. it gets more amazing every minute. You know, and and so and especially with our kids. You know, I mean, Jesus. You know, the the, the cell phone at three. You know, right, right. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy, you know, and, and it's it's it, it's so addicting, you know, because it's so magnificent because it's no. so magnificent. That's right. Well, and you know, to that, that's funny that you say that. So the, this class that I was sitting in, Todd Rose, this brilliant, wonderful guy, he's teaching us about the you know, the attention networks of the brain and all these things. And he's also advising google and facebook and those kind of places so yep. you know what i mean and 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 i don't mean to throw this guy under the bus but geez the resources that that they will have to snag at someone pull people's attention are far greater than anyone that was sitting in his classroom unfortunately so it feels like if we're all equipped with the same information um those big tech companies i, I mean like you said, it's just so yeah. good it is just they they know so much they design these environments perfectly we're at an uphill battle. So maybe that's that's my next question then. If, if you were, a, a say, a new parent or a, a coach of young people, um, what sort of strategies might you take uh, in cultivating an environment of focus? Obviously, we want to exercise, spend more time with the team, but could you envision, are there rules and regulations surrounding these devices that you might recommend? Oh, sure. I mean, you, you know, and it's you're never going to get rid of them. So right. for about that you know but certainly the younger the younger they are the more restraint you put on it in terms of how much uh, time they're spending on it that's not school time mm -hmm. uh, or learning time or whatever you know you really have to uh, work at it but then you know the problem is what about the parents what are they going to be doing they're going to be on their device you know, when the kids are not, you know what? I mean, if they're sitting and helping the kid do homework, by God, they're also checking their email or, or Facebook or Instagram or whatever the heck they're into. Mm -hmm. we're, we're just prisoners of uh, and addicted to this cyber world. And we need to, uh, we need to, limit that so sure. that's why you know you hear about it all the the easy steps or the not not so easy but the steps that you could take i mean you know meals together without the cell phone mm -hmm. you know and uh, uh time spent together and that's why exercising together as a family mm -hmm. is so great so it sounds like am i right you're talking about uh two really important things maybe being a, sort of a thoughtful regulation, not elimination, but a thoughtful regulation. And then, which is so important, modeling. Oh right? yeah, modeling is so important. 
I mean, if, you're, if you're a zombie to your phone, it'd be it's hard to ask your kids not to. Yeah, not to, not to follow suit. suit. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a big big problem. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's it. You know, and 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 it's all countries, all countries. Yeah. It's the world over, no question. And, I, and I'm pretty convinced that if, if there's an antidote, if there's anything that can compete with that, it's probably the environments that you have been talking about. It's environments full of, uh, you mentioned coordination, switching strategies, fun and enjoyment. What an important thing to say and to hear from you. It's so refreshing. I think even, and, and which is not separate from high achievement, I would suggest. Just to, so if, if people are like, we're not talking about just putzing around fun and enjoyment is is essential for a lifetime of health and wellness which is probably your best bet toward you know in, in the accomplishment of any high achievement to be healthy and well and enjoying oneself wouldn't that give you a, a better platform to create from to produce from right right and today just as a segue from that i'm thinking of some of the, my soapboxes today one of them is about Balance and coordination. Yeah. I mean, it is coming on so fast in the science side of things. People are recognizing how friggin' important it is for a brain function. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we're talk I'm talking about training up your physical coordination. Your brain works better. Mm-hmm. And, and in, in terms of what the ideal exercise is to throw in a lot of that. Yeah, and coordination challenges that really cause the brain to really work hard. Yeah, and you want you, just as you want your muscles to really work hard to build them and to school them, you want your brain. They will if your muscles are doing that. Your brain will work hard, mm-hmm. but so then to, to to as I say, switch and pay attention and and do things differently, and and solve puzzles. You know what? So, what do you do to, for that? What are some balances exercises that you that are like easy to fold in? Well, easy. The easy ones are what you can do getting up in the morning. You can just stand on one foot, uh, brushing your teeth. Uh, st- st- stand, putting on your pants. Uh, you know, not sit down. And mm-hmm. and then if you're young and you have good balance, you can put your socks on standing up. Uh, and uh, as opposed to sitting down, and there is balance challenges all through that. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, I just came from uh, four days with Tony Horton, and uh, you know, and he's big on yoga and he always has been. But mm-hmm. why? Because it's balance coordination. He didn't even know it was that important, but it is. It's huge. It's huge. You know, and there. Uh, uh, because it really makes the brain work really that much better. Mm-hmm. The only research I'm doing is a study out in central New York at a center for discovery, it's called, uh, an autism center, 360 autistic adolescents. And we're doing, we have a study we finished with 35 of the very most difficult autistic kids uh, you can find anywhere. And... Uh, we did uh, uh, three months of balance training. Hmm. Focus. I mean, they get they get balance in, in their diet because it's a very it's the most amazing place I've ever been. But 
they they get that anyway. Yeah, no, they're, they're the kids are already doing. Uh, they they run through. They have a couple rooms that they they use occasionally, maybe two two times a week uh, for you know walking on uh, straight lines and, uh, uh, and bosu balls and doing the usual balance challenges. But this was uh, we set up uh, so they did three days a week for three months. A very intensive. Uh, they spent a half hour doing these balance balance exercises, um, and uh, it really had a significant effect on their uh, performance uh, and just in general. Their attention was better. Their they, they had much less disruptive behavior. Hmm. Um, they were more socially connected. Um, and all these measures that they're taking all the time on these kids. Um, and they were all together better. And part of that is that they were training up their brain. They were making a big part of their brain work that much better. Sure. Well, I think that's, um, that's actually something, and maybe I stole it from you. I didn't even realize, but I, uh, I've asked my mom to just do some, single leg balance exercises um, before bed every night. Uh, and I think she's been, I think she's been pretty good at doing that. That also leads me to a next question. Um, as far as like habits and behaviors, once you, a, a big part of this, it sounds like is developing the awareness that these things are important so that you can, uh, when you're brushing your teeth, stand on your right foot for half the time, left foot for half the time. But but the awareness that this might be important will lead, hopefully, to these next steps. What are some other ways uh, you've found um, essentially make it easy for people to adopt these new practices? And then mo- I think most importantly, to stick with them. You know, because I've I've used I've actually given your book out and said to people, this is something we've got to do. And maybe they'll get started, but how do they stay with it? Well, they stay with it by recognizing how important it is. Like, for instance, the, you know, the parking, walking from your parked car to wherever, and people want to get real close, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and today, you know, it's, it's brilliant. We have Fitbits, and my wife and I compete on our Fitbits, how many <laughs> steps we've had, you know. Yeah. Uh, Today, uh, because of that, because of the awareness, okay, I've got to get 10,000 steps, which is a made-up number, but hmm. why not? You know, I mean, that's a fact. Why not? It doesn't have any magic to it, but it it gives a nice round number. And so people need to get their steps in. So they're, they're, no, they're willing to park farther away to walk. Hmm. So that's one of the changes that is really positive about using our, our devices in the same way with this, the uh, Apple Watch and, and various other things, Garmin's and whatever. You know, they're, they're, they're very useful that way to, to generate, uh, you know, because we generate the, the, the motivation to, to get there, to remind, it's more of a reminder than it is any, anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and people are walking the stairs more and, uh, uh, you know, not just waiting for the elevator. If it's available, and this is the problem with the hotels, you know, you can't find where the hell the stairs are. You know, <laughs> Jesus, it's 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 irritating. You know, and so you wait 
wait, wait, stupid elevator and re- much rather walk up and down the stairs. So hmm. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I actually just experienced that in Worcester, Mass, not too far from you, not long ago. I could not find the stairs. I had to go to the elevator with my key card, and, and that's what I had to do. Well, uh, it's it's a it's incredible, you know. Yeah. It, 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 it's not right there, you know. But well, so it sounds like I'm hearing step one is really understanding the importance of it, um, and and having that be one's motive. Uh, and then two, I, are, are we geared sort of toward competition? I kind of heard you say it in two ways. I heard you, uh, whether it's whether it's internal and you're trying to hit your number of steps and there's a standard, or you compete against your wife, you can be, you know what I mean? Are, are we sort of naturally in, you know, inclined to compete? Sure, sure, we always, uh, I mean, there is that tendency all the time and people try to disown it or try, try to de-emphasize it. And, I mean, we, we, we do too much of it in some areas, but we do too little in others. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's okay to be competitive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, uh, you know, we, to make it the end all and the be all, what's the point, you know? Right. You support, right. So you win amongst four people, you win your squash division. <laughs> like, okay, right. big deal, you know, but... In that individual game, you're going like gangbusters because you want to win. You want to do the best. And so that promotes you to figure it out and, and yeah. keep on it. I think that aligns with a lot of the stuff that we talk about, how rec- there, there is a healthy way to compete, yeah. right? Like the desire to compete, if you're doing it in the right way, and, and, and that includes perhaps a conversation in ethics, you know, if you're doing it competing in the right way. Uh, but then also some humility in recognizing that at the back end, if it didn't pan out, well, number one, there's a good feedback loop there. Why didn't it pan out? What might I be able to do differently? But also, you know, is the world over because of it? You know, maybe, you know, uh, I think it's going to be okay. So, yeah. 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 We, we're about at time, but I, I, I could, I could talk to you all day. And I hope um, you're such a busy guy, always traveling to beautiful places every time I'm in town. Uh, but I hope I can buy you a cup of coffee someday or, or even try to keep up with you on a jog sometime or something. Oh, like no, I, no, 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 no. I, I do sprints because it's contained. I mean, if I, I, yeah, my wife and I are jogging a bit, but, you know, we go, we go a couple of miles and that's it. And when we do... We we do it at our at our pace and uh, but the, we just came from Ninja training with Tony Horton. Holy cow! Ninety X guy, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm so lucky to get all these things. But uh, you know, and 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 the end of the the, the training we had there were 28 of us and we were coached by a, a bronze medalist a sprinter who was we went to the UCLA track and so we had uh, uh, we, she put us through the paces of uh, improving our times uh, on, on sprints and uh, 100 yard dash eventually but uh, mainly 20 yards and back and forth and uh, high knees and uh, you know just you know she was she's just amazing so uh, that was a lot of fun but uh, yeah so would it be would it be inappropriate to ask how old you are? We don't have to publish it. 
What's your guess? My guess, if we're going to do that, my guess is um, almost irrelevant, and that maybe is is my thesis because I I, I truly believe that it, when when people say I I just am so excited to hear what you just said. I think a lot of people will say, "Well, I'm blank age, so I, I so I'm not going to go run sprints. I'm blank age, so so this okay. sort of training isn't right for me, right?" <laughs> Oh no, no, and and I, I won the award at the at Tony's camp. I was by far the oldest. Um, so it it he has a saying, "Aging is for idiots." So uh, so I won the aging is for idiots award. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, and no, but I'm 71. So uh, yeah, yeah, well, which is actually which is just not very old to be, to begin with in modern standards, and and. Um, but the the quality of the seventy one, what a I, I talk about this all the time. We we've got this timestamp. Okay, it's on your birth certificate, but um, but behaviors, thought processes, social interactions, these are the things that determine, at least in a traditional sense, how quote old one might be. When you yeah no 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 I, I, yeah and I don't even know I can't even imagine the other you know right. being old like that you know sit and watch TV or just whatever you know or, or even if you have a passion uh, well although you're 80 year old riding across uh, the world on his bicycle is great you know it's fantastic and then he's active and doing everything I think people that are chronically busy and, and involved and and it doesn't matter what their age is mm-hmm. you know, I mean it, it's like okay we're doing yeah we're, yeah well, and that's I gotta say the way that you talk, when you use you've used the word busy a couple times and it is so refreshing to hear you say it because you know people talk about they're busy and that's that's so stressful uh, but when when there are things to do and you're positively engaged isn't that a wonderful thing busy with good things is probably that's what we should all be aiming for to some degree oh yeah no it's it it's it yeah because otherwise why live you know I mean you know you're you're, you're busy with you know, doing and uh, towards a goal or towards uh, something helpful for others and or whatever it is, you know, that's that's what uh, is the spice of life. Yeah, there's no doubt. I'm making notes of this because it, it, it's just so right. We, we, we talk about this idea that, you know, what we should be working toward um, as a skill for people alongside all these physical components is is stress management uh organizational management stress management and stress avoidance are much different things to be able to manage the the interactions and stressor potential stressors of the world that's the skill avoiding it and sitting back you're predetermining the fact that you will kind of never get good at it and you'll always be shying away from it yeah no it it i mean and I make a point of this in Spark about the, the benefits of stress. I mean, we wouldn't grow anything from a, the single cell to the complex cells. Uh, when we have to stress that network mm-hmm. growth to occur, okay? And so we have to stress ourselves for growth to occur. Um, and, uh, and we know this with muscles, right? You have to stress your muscles. Uh, in the same way with our brains, you know, the more you stress your brains, and I don't mean the unholy stress of sure. worry, worry, you know, but right. yeah, but but like 
challenge and doing and and redoing and rechallenging, you know, and and uh, doing a podcast, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's not sitting. Right. It, it's 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 not just being in the default mode network and mm-hmm. ima- imagining the whatever. I mean, there's time for that. There's good time for that. That's really good. But uh, boy, but most of the time we really want to be engaged and doing, you know, uh, you know, people always are amazed at me at how much I do. And I, I think, well, a lot of times I don't do anything. You know, I, I feel, I, I know. You know, so I'm going to South Korea, I'm going to China, you know, I'm I'm going to Florida, I'm doing, you know, but to me, it's just like, well, it's not enough, almost. What else? Well, that I'm I'm glad you said that. What else? What What are you working on? What's the What are some of the next steps for you? What should people be looking out for? Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I've always said we're we're gonna. We're going to do a book called Spark in Action. There's so many things that have fallen out from Spark. You know that you know there are 18 Spark centers in Japan mm. that one knows about. You know there's the, the whole South Korea is sort of sparked. Mm. Uh, uh, they're getting the schools and businesses and so forth, and uh, uh, and then. Um, you know, there, there's, there's just so many, and the, the, the programs that people are interested in. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just surfeit of lots of amazing, interesting people coming my way. To, yep. and, and there's a rebirth, by the way, of Spark. It's, a, it's reborn. Hmm. It's like the, the next generation has discovered it. People are beginning to incorporate this. Mm-hmm. One hopeful sign, I think, too. I mean, there's a lot to be hopeless about, but there's hope hope as well. Um, one hopeful sign, I think, is if you look at at the ads on TV, a preponderance of them, I really mean this, a preponderance of them really are involved with exercise and, mm-hmm. and activity outside. And not just Tono and Peloton and all that. I'm talking cars, uh, you know, oh. fashion, uh, you know, even uh, diamonds, you know, people are, are you, you always have the background of some doing. Sure. And it's it's really amazing so that they're hitting that, you know, the, the, the sweet spot of their audience. But but it activity is a part of it. And it's like, uh, you know, dogs, puppies, uh, babies, monkeys, you know, the, the things that really attract. Well, exercise attracts people. Hmm. Uh, you just stop and notice. I mean, it's not just it's it's sort of everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you're driving a car to go hike or to get get someplace mm-hmm. or you're the woods. You know, it's like who did that? You know, we did we never had that like that. It's just amazing. So I think there's. You know, and with yoga being so popular, oh, my God, one in ten people this week supposedly will do a yoga class. Mm. Who would have think that? You know, I mean, you know, and, I, you know, there's some people, I'm sure they're counting the people participating in yoga. So people that do hot yoga four times a week sort of flood the system. Right, right, you know? right. 
But still, That's a lot. 8%, 8% of people are joined in a yoga something, you know? I right. mean, who would have ever thought that, right. you know? You know, the uh, the card-carrying uh, millennial out here in Boston anyway is somebody with a backpack who has a yoga mat and a water bottle. That's right. That's exactly That's right. right. They're everywhere. That's you know, this is what they do. That's so, true. you know, it's 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 great. I think yeah. it's fantastic. Well, I, I hope you're right. I hope there's a resurgence. And I, and I will say um, that if that second book, if, if Spark 2 essentially comes out, um, I, I would, for one, be so motivated to support you in that effort and, and whatever you needed. I, I know you have you've tons of support and you don't need help from anybody but it's just uh you know it's it's my it's just i'm so passionate about it we have we have i'll tell you to we we've got a spark study club going on at at our high school oh yeah um, we just yes sir uh, i run studies mostly um mostly on campus studies uh these days now that i'm working full time on the influence of exercise and all sorts of things. We're working on one right now that is the influence of exercise on uh, the way we interpret emotion in others. And what that means is, so say if I am in a sedentary state, right, say I've been sitting for the first five periods of the day versus I'm just coming out of my PE class, say, right. and in that class, I was doing, and, uh, you know, when you see there are these face cards that have been used in previous studies, sure. when you see them, are you more uh, sort of generous with your interpretation? Are you, or, or, or what are sort of the outcomes of, of that? And, and what implication would that have on just a, a social environment? Um, so some pretty interesting stuff. Well, one, one, something that you probably thought of, but maybe not, is the thing I'll leave with you is oxytocin. Yep. You should, you should definitely, I mean, there's not much literature because people just haven't got it, but the, 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 the woman who started oxytocin research was named Sue Carter. She's the person who sort of started research on oxytocin. Mm -hmm. and, and, and she has done studies and shown that exercise really increases our load of oxytocin. Mm -hmm. So your, your study of being more altruistic, being more uh, connected, being more generous. Um, uh, it's, I mean, there's so many things like complex, complexity changes in, in the brain from being active, but uh, that's, that's one of the, that's sort of the new, uh, a new thing, uh, a new toy to think of in terms of how our brains are better and different when we uh, we exercise. So we're, we're definitely gonna be looking that up. That, that's an important idea. Um, and then and, I'm, and now I'm thinking and then oxytocin, both exercise induced, but also in sort of a positive and supportive athletic community. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Can I tell you though? You know, and I, and I don't want to overdo it, but I do want to make sure you you know that I am very sincere uh, and sincerely yes. grateful. Um, and, and I know this, this is the truth of how thing movements like this work, that, uh, that yours, your concepts were the seed 
um, that, that has been planted, the ripple effect of which is we're seeing it, but, but the down the road ripple effect of all this, this research building on top of each other, the application advancing and how good it is and all these creative ways to apply. Uh, I, I, I wonder if, if you've changed the world in, in uh, just a more meaningful way than people even recognize right now. So very grateful to have you on. Well, thank you. And uh, I look forward to communicating with you. So we'll, we'll stay in touch for sure. Okay. All right, Bye Dr. Now. Eddie. Thanks for everything. Talk Thank soon. Bye. Bye. This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen. And feel free to check out their website for more. It's remindrecover.com. And when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it, use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout.